Well, good morning. How are we doing today, Summit Church? Hey, it's great to see you. Um, we love missionaries. We love ministries. We love partnering with other ministries. And, uh, and so you just saw a video from one of our ministry partners. Uh, they're called Nlase. And I'm privileged to get to introduce to you today uh, somebody that we've partnered with for a long time with Nlase um, for about 12 years. And uh, I'm excited to introduce him to you today. Some of you may know him. It's been a while since he's been here. But let me introduce him. Why don't you welcome with me to the stage David McGee. Great to see you. David, thank you for being here today. Um, uh, some of the people might know this if, if they've been around for a while, but you actually have deep, some deep connections to the Summit Church through your family. You want to tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I was actually uh, born in Indiana Hospital, um, and my parents were, while well, my parents were pastoring in Catanning, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, but my grandparents, Alice and William McGee, were, were founding members here at the Summit Church, and my, my uh, dad grew up here, so it, it's a bit, of, a bit like coming to home. Yeah, and your, your dad pastors down in the Johnstown area, and so uh, it's just a great heritage. What a great legacy that is that our church for years have been... A I love the fact that for years our church has been a sending church, that our church has been a church that we've sent people out to ministry and to empower them to do ministry. And so I love the fact that uh, you have that heritage. It's exciting for us. Um, now tell us a little bit about Enlace. So Enlace is the Spanish word for link or connect or to form a relationship. And this idea of relationship is the, is the core of everything that we do. Um, you know, we believe that poverty at its root is more than... Uh, a lack of material resources, but that sin, that all of the world's problems are rooted in relationships, broken relationships between uh, God and between our neighbors. So the Enlace is all about connection and helping equip local churches to transform communities. Um, so what that looks like is about half of our field staff are church coaches who walk alongside local pastors and, and church leaders who have a vision to connect with their communities. And about half of our field staff are technicians, everything from community organizers to medical doctors, ag engineers, water engineers, to help the local churches and community, communities empower them to resolve their own needs in their own community, church and community-led initiatives. And, you know, I was talking to David, and one of the things I love about Enlace is that um, and many missionary efforts, what they do is they go in and almost with the attitude of, hey, we're the Americans, we, we've got this under control, just do what we're telling you to do. We got the money, we're Americans, so we're here to save the day. And it's, it does, ultimately it does not really help uh, that, that area, the, those people. And, and what I love about Anlase is they really are all about empowering the local pastor, the indigenous pastor, to create a better life, to, to give God space to do some incredible things in, in, in some really practical ways. And so that's one of the things I love. So tell, tell our people, share with them, what does that look like on a practical level for us as we, as we support the ministry, as we take a team? What does that look like on a practical level as far as just the, the nuts and bolts of how that works? Absolutely. So um, and last is there on an ongoing basis. Our field staff are out there walking alongside the local church and community. Um, but as you can imagine, the obstacles that they are overcoming are enormous. So the, the fact of having U.S. church partners that come down um, uh, and, and walk alongside and even work alongside as the team came from the summit last summer and there was another one coming in June um, is a, a tremendous encouragement for the local church and a local pastor. They, they, they understand it as Wow, God has sent 
these North Americans, because they've heard about what God is doing in our church and in our community. And, and when you come and serve in that sacrificial way alongside of the church and community, it makes a long-term impact, lo- long, longer than, than your one week of being there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, um, as, far as, uh, as far as our church is concerned, what are, what are the ways that we partner with or what are the ways we help in Lasse or can help in Lasse? Absolutely. So last year, um, the uh, Summit Church raised money for a sanitation project, which is providing people uh, with latrines. And this year, there's also another project that's going to be sanitation and clean water, um, projects that literally can reduce the infant mortality by about 50%. So the financial support behind that and the, the prayerful support for these pastors and church leaders, knowing that they have brothers and sisters here in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are joining with them in prayer is absolutely enormous. And and the Summit Church and this church has been a, a sponsor of our family as missionaries for over 12 years. And it's just an amazing blessing that, to see how things literally from 12 years ago, we've gone, went from working from three churches to 100 churches with five people on staff in El Salvador to 65 people on staff yeah, in El Salvador. Cool. And so it's your support that has enabled that to happen. Yeah, that's that's so incredible. And um, and we're we're excited to see what God is doing there and and how he's using the, the indigenous pastors there in El Salvador, but also when we have an opportunity to come, and like you said, uh, it really is a blessing for us to be able to come alongside, not that we're saving the day, but we can come alongside and, and partner with the pastors there, but man, it's, it's been great for our people to be a part of that as well, to be able to come back and, and see their lives changed as well. Um, David is going to be around following the service today, in between services. He'll be out in the lobby at his table. I would love for you to stop by there, ask questions, talk to him. Um, Like he said, we do have a trip going back to El Salvador in June. If you're interested in that, you can simply go to our website, uh, summittogether.com slash missions and sign up. You can apply for that missions trip. We'd love for you to be a part of that and really see what Enlace is doing on the ground there. If you'd like to partner with them on a monthly basis, you can do that by stopping by, talking to David out in the lobby. Um, He'll tell you how you can do that. If if you want to partner with them on a one-time gift, he can tell you how to do that as well. So please stop by there, talk to them. We're supporting them already on a monthly basis. And, And if you want to do over and above what we're already doing, we would love for you to do that. So thank you. Uh, for your partnership. Thank you for being a part of that. David, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Why don't we give him a hand as he is seated? We appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. <clears throat> I didn't mention this earlier. I don't think. My name is Mel. I'm the lead pastor here at the Summit. It's great to see you. I'm glad you're here today. If you're a guest with us today, there's a card like this in the seat back in front of you. I'd love for you to fill this card out. And before you leave the building today, stop by our info center, drop this off with them. Let them know you're a guest with us today. This is your first time, or maybe it's just your first time filling out a card. And uh, they're going to give you a free gift. It's one of our Summit mugs. It's got our logo on there. It's also got our our vision statement, Every Life Made Different. And uh, that's just our gift to you. But they're going to answer any questions you might have. We'd love to connect with you on social media as well, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, You can find us there. We'd love to connect with you. You can stay in touch with what's going on. I also want to welcome all of you that are watching online at summittogether.com. If you're watching live or maybe you're listening to this or watching this after the fact, whatever the case is, I want to say thank you for worshiping with us. I pray that God blesses you as you do so. And uh, I want to thank you for being here today because there's a whole bunch of you that stayed up till 1230 uh, watching the Steelers. And I will tell you that we're talking about prayer this month. And it's clear that God answers prayer because the Steelers won last night, right? Like, um, 
There were a whole bunch of Steeler fans that thought there was no chance we could win, but we prayed a kind of a hopeless prayer to a good God, and he responded. So, um, yeah, now we just need to pray that Ben and Antonio Bryant are, are, are Brown are healthy for this next week, and then uh, then we'll see what happens. So, glad you're here today. Let me share a couple things with you that are a little more a little more spiritual than that. A um, couple things coming up, January the fifteenth. Uh, I normally don't promote movies from in here, um, from the stage, but I will tell you on January 15th, a uh, very important film is going to be shown here in Indiana at the KCAC. The admission is free, and it's uh, a movie that was done by uh, a friend of ours. Um, you guys are familiar with Saving Grace Church here in town. Their part pastor, Mark Altrogi, his son, David, helped produce a film uh, called 3801 Lancaster, an American Tragedy. It's about a man named Dr. Kermit Gosnell who ran an abortion clinic in Philadelphia. And when they went in, um, it made national news, national headlines. It was um, the atrocities that they saw there were, were almost beyond, uh, beyond description. And so they made a documentary about him and about his life and what kind of allowed him to get to that point. And, and really one of the things it did was that society turned a, a, turned a blind eye to that. We turned away and, and ignored what he was doing. And so one of the reasons they're showing this film is to spread awareness, to help us understand that this is still going on in America today. And, and we as, as believers have a responsibility to stand up for those that are, crying twice, those that are marginalized and one of the most marginalized group in our nation today are the unborn. And so um, I would love for you to, to find out more information about that. You can stop by the Info Center, uh, pick up some flyers. We've got some cards like this one that give details, uh, so you can find out more information about that there. Also, we'll be talking about that on social media this week. But like I said, the admission is free. We, they just are asking that people will RSVP on their website. So that's uh, January the 15th at 7.30 p.m. I also want to let you know, um, my wife will be closing out service. She'll remind you about this in a little bit. But we're going to have a small group leaders meeting Wednesday, January 13th. That's this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Last night I announced it was a couple weeks away. I don't know. Time is getting away from me. But it's this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. So if you're a member of the summit and you're at all interested in leading a small group, I'd love for you to do that because that relationships are the context by which we grow in our faith. And, and we want you to be connected in relationships here. So lead a small group for us. Be here for the meeting January 13th, this Wednesday at 6 p.m. in this room. Also want to let you know, uh, if you're new to the summit, maybe you've been coming for a little bit and trying to figure out if this is where God's got you. Uh, maybe you've been here a few times and you don't really know anybody yet. Uh, I want to encourage you next Sunday after our 11 a.m. service, we're going to have a brief luncheon for people who are new to the summit, and it's called Getting to Know the Summit. It's really basic. It's really easy, but we want to get to know you. Our summit staff will be available. We're going to talk about ways that you can get connected through serving, uh, small groups, things like that, and we're going to be around just to connect, answer questions, and so if you're interested in that, you can register on our website, summittogether.com, or you can stop at the Info Center, sign up there, and uh, get registered for that, but that is next uh, next Sunday after our 11 a.m. service. And then finally, we are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, um, and I would love to hear your stories, what God is doing, what God's speaking to you. Um, it's really great to see people lay some things down. Um, I've heard stories over and over and over from people saying, hey, I'm, just, I'm giving up this, or I'm not going to be doing this, or uh, this activity, or this food, or this drink, or whatever it might be. Hey, we're laying this down uh, during this 21 days, and we want to see what God will do as we pray and seek God. So I want to encourage you, it's not too late to be a part of that. 
Um, start, start just putting that into practice right now and just see what God will do. So we've got a couple of weeks left. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And part, um, kind of in conjunction with this, we started a series last week called Anchored. And we just feel that, that prayer is what anchors us in our faith to the Lord. And that is so important that, that we want to take this first month of January, this first month of this year, and really explore prayer and I've realized that we have so many people in our church that are new to their faith or maybe returning to their faith that, that we wanted to start with some real basics. And so last week we talked almost about Prayer 101. So if you missed last week, I'd really encourage you to go back and watch that video or listen to the sermon on the podcast. Um, but this week we're going to be exploring the Lord's Prayer. And this is a prayer that many people have prayed through the years. Um, if you were ever part of a sports team, there's an excellent chance you uh, knelt with a bunch of other guys or girls and held hands and maybe prayed the Lord's Prayer and you repeated a prayer. Even the guys that you thought were not Christians or did, certainly didn't act like it, they all knew the prayer. And so sometimes this is a prayer that we will repeat or we will verbalize, but we don't really understand the power and the authority that, that is, is resident there when we pray it in the right way. And so I, I just want to walk through it a little bit with you today. Now in... We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, so if you've got a Bible, you can flip over there. But really, there's a parallel passage in Luke chapter 11 where Jesus kind of walks through the Lord's Prayer with his disciples there. And so in that context, in Luke 11.1, 1, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, what, what the disciples are asking is, they're saying, Jesus, you really know how to pray. Like, we, we're not schooled, we're not learned, you know, we're just common. We need some help praying. And that's something I hear from a lot of people in our church. People will say things like, now, you're not going to ask me to talk out loud or pray out loud because I'm not really comfortable praying. And, and we talked about this a little last week, but this isn't, Jesus isn't giving us a script. He's not giving us the text, this is how you pray. What he's giving us is a roadmap. He's saying, here's, here's a model for how you can, you can pray, how you can live out your prayers, how you can um, approach the throne of God. And so he addresses this in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, so we'll pick it up there. And so Jesus says in Matthew 6, 9, he says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, when we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the very first verse we're looking at here, it says Jesus approaches his, his followers and he says, pray like this. He says, our Father in heaven, and I'll stop right there, and I just want to dissect this a little bit. This is really, really important, because what Jesus does is he gives us a blueprint for how to address God, and now last week, we talked about who is God. It's really important to understand the identity of God to some degree so that we can know how to approach him, and one of the things we talked about last week and even a couple weeks ago during Christmas is, is that God is relational, that God is for us, God is on our side. He is a God that we can know to some degree. Now, we can't obviously know everything about God, but we can know God to some degree. We, he's personal in our lives, and that's what he wants to be. We talked about that, that parakaleo God that comes alongside us, and, and that's who God is. And so Jesus addresses God as Father. Now, in, in our context today, sometimes Father is a very formal um, 
term for dad. Like, not very many people in this room probably call their dad father. Because that sounds formal and it kind of sounds stuffy. And that's, it sounds a little distant, right? Um, I, I don't call my dad father. Um, I, he's dad. I call him paw dad sometimes. He's in my phone. I don't know where I came up with that. But sometimes I call him paw dad. I've got all kinds of names for my dad. But I don't call him father. Father, this is your son. I'd like to visit with you, right? Like, it just doesn't happen. We just talk, right? And so sometimes in our context, father feels stiff or distant or foreign. But in the original Aramaic, the language that Jesus spoke, uh, when he says father, it, 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 this is a term that whether you were a child or whether you were an adult in this, this culture, you, this is how you would address your dad. So it was personal. It was more personal than the way we look at father today. It was more intimate than that. So we have to understand that when Jesus gives us these words, he's doing it intentionally to help us understand that our God is a personal God. That when we approach God, we're not approaching a stranger and asking for a favor. So who likes asking a stranger for a favor? Have you ever met somebody and you've talked to them for like 20 minutes and they're like, hey, I'm moving next week. You want to help me move? That's like the most awkward thing in the world. You're like, I don't even know you. And you're asking me to help you move all your stuff. Like, no, I don't want to do that, right? That's the heart of Christ right there, too. I'm sure Jesus even would be like, I don't think I can help you move. That's just weird, right? Um, but, but we understand that there's lines that you don't cross if you're a stranger. And so Jesus makes it clear, hey, you're not praying to a stranger. You're praying to someone who's close to you, who's personal with you. So that's why he dresses uh, God as Father. But then he goes on to say, who is in heaven? And this is really important as well, because what Jesus does here is he mingles these two really important aspects of who God is, the personal aspect with the eternal aspect of who God is. Because yes, God is personal and God is approachable, and we can bring him our needs, but God is also eternal. He is cosmic. He is beyond what we can know or understand in every way. In fact, if you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says this in verse 11. Um, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, wrote this, and he said, and he's talking about God. He says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning of the end. So this is what he says. He says, God has placed within us the desire to discover what eternity is all about. The desire to be, um, the, the desire to be curious about what God is doing on a cosmic level, to understand why am I here, what does this look like, what is heaven supposed to be, um, all these kind of things. But then he goes on to say, but he's also capped our ability to truly understand eternity. So he's, he's deposited in us this glimpse of eternity, but then he's also capped our ability or limited our ability to understand eternity. And so it produces in us this a divine discontent where we are constantly pushing and searching and hopefully desiring more of God. And, and we inherently are attracted to the supernatural. And I believe that that is a shadow of the eternal kind of kiss of God in our lives, that, that we are attracted to the supernatural. If you've ever seen a lineup of television shows, they're all about supernatural and cosmic and space and vampires and the unknown and all these kind of things. And I truly believe that there's something deep within us that God has deposited that we long for the eternal. We long for something more, but we just can't quite get there. And hopefully that search leads us 
to God. Hopefully that search draws us back to our Heavenly Father. And so you even see in Jesus, he is 100% man and 100% God, which again, is, it's, a, it's a mystery. We don't understand that fully. But even, in this, even in this prayer that Jesus leads us to pray, we see that there is a very eternal spiritual aspect of it, and then, then there's a very practical earthly aspect of it, and that there are, these two things are mingled together, and that's who we are. That's who God has created us to be in many ways. We are spiritual beings, but we have physical needs on this earth. So he goes on to say in Matthew 6, 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now I will tell you, uh, this begins, and Bible scholars will say there's six petitions in the Lord's Prayer, six requests, because we don't say petitions, it's requests. Um, and they begin, the, these first three are more spiritual inherently, and the last three are, tend to be less spiritual if you look at them like that. Um, but I believe God did these in order on purpose. I don't believe that Jesus just kind of threw these out willy-nilly. I believe that there's a, an order and precision to the way Jesus prayed these things. So he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And what Jesus is really praying is a prayer that says, God, let your name be preeminent throughout the world. Let your name be made famous. Let us glorify your name. And this is not just a corporate setting. What Jesus is saying and the way he's leading us to pray is for us to pray this on a deeply personal level. So he's saying, Jesus, or he's saying, God, let your name be made famous throughout the world. But in every one of these statements, you could also say, and in my heart. So he's saying, hallowed be your name throughout the world. That, that the whole world know how great our God is. Let the whole world know how powerful the name of Jesus is and how, how important God is. But not just in the world, but in my heart. God, be glorified. Let your name be made famous in the world, but in my heart. Hallowed be your name. Let your name be revered and honored and worshipped in the world, but also in my heart. And this is something we're good at praying, but sometimes we're bad at living, right? We're good at saying the right things, but we're bad at living the right things. And so this is Jesus' prayer, hallowed be your name. Let your name be revered and honored and glorified. He goes on to say in Matthew 6, 10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when I was younger, I used to think when he prayed your kingdom come, he's talking about end times, like, Kingdom come, new heaven, new earth, the old has passed away, you know, uh, lion and the lamb and all these kind of things. But that is not what he's talking about. So when he says, your kingdom come, what he's really praying, and this is so important that we need to get this, Jesus is praying for the advancement of the kingdom of God. He's praying that the kingdom of God would go forth and advance. He's praying for people to come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what he's praying, that the kingdom of God would grow and move forward and would take ground from the enemy. It is not about some, some far-off vision that we have of, of connecting with God in the end times. That's, that's great. That's exciting. I can't wait for the rapture of the church, but I'm telling you, this prayer is about the here and now and saying, God, use us to help to help advance and further your kingdom. Because I will tell you, as I prepared this message, uh, I was convicted because I am good at praying for my kingdom. I'm good at praying for the things I want in my life. I'm good at praying for God to bless this church. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you know what I don't pray about as much? I don't pray about God blessing Greystone as much. I just don't. I, I love them and I love their church. 
And I don't pray about that very often. But if I'm serious about God advancing his kingdom, I'm going to be serious about praying for churches like Greystone and Harvest and, and Amplify and Word of Grace and name your other church in town. I'm going to be more interested in praying for those churches because I'm not just going to be interested in advancing this church and, and this kingdom, but I'm interested in advancing the kingdom of God. And so many times we get hung up on praying about the things that matter to us and are really important to us, but we neglect and, and set aside the things that are really important to God. And the things that are important to God are his kingdom. So God, help me pray for your kingdom more. Let me pray that your kingdom will advance and move forward, that your kingdom will come on planet earth like never before. See, I think one of the problems we have too often is we get hung up praying specifically for our kingdom. And I think God wants us to pray for his kingdom. The second part of that verse in Matthew 6.10 says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when we look at this, sometimes it's, it's easy to go, well, wait a second, isn't God sovereign? So why would we have to pray for God's will? But I believe what, what this passage is talking about is his revealed will or his revelatory will toward us. Because I think all of us, if you serve God long enough, all of us have gotten to a point at some place where we hear from God and we know that God's speaking to us. We know that God wants us to do something or to say something or take action in some way. And we have this very spiritual response where we go, nah, right? I don't think I'm going to do that, God. Maybe it's not out and out rebellion, but we just kind of maybe ignore it or we push it aside or whatever it might be. Um, but this is what that prayer is about. This, this is what that prayer is about. It's about saying, God, um, help us know your will and then let us do your will. Don't let us just be hearers of the word. Let us be doers of the word as well. Let us be the people who will hear what you want us to do and then willingly and eagerly be active about doing your will in our lives. Um, because again, it's so easy to just live our lives and just to be happy and maintain and that is not what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to hear and receive and then take action and be people of action and do something about what he's asking us to do. So when Jesus prays this prayer and says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what he's saying is in the same manner in which the angels would never ever be like, nah, I'm not doing that when God asks them to do something or tells them to do something. He's saying, let the same manner in which that happens in heaven happen on earth. Let the saints on earth respond in the same way to commands and orders and edicts by the Lord. Let us respond. Let our hearts respond the same way. Let us be as eager to do what God's asking us to do here as the angels are in heaven. And again, that's, that is a big prayer, right? That is a big ask. But that's what Jesus says. That's what his desire is. That's, that's how he's saying we should pray. He transitions it, and he goes from these first three that are spiritual and more eternal to these next three that don't seem as... as um, as weighty in, in comparison, but he says in Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is really important, right? Especially some of you in the middle of this fast, some of you are fasting bread right now, and you're like, Melet, don't even talk about bread. It sounds really good, and I can't even take communion right now, right? Like, you're like, I can't do it. Um, I'm going to go crazy. Communion, okay, <laughs> you're just eating them all. But he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, what this is, is it's more... Uh, a direction from Jesus to pray about provision in our lives. Because I will tell you, um, we are good at praying about what we want. I, I do it. And I, when I say we, I don't mean you. I mean we. I I'm good at praying about what I want. And uh, God, I, I don't want you to just provide for me, but I want you to provide 
something great, Lord. I believe your best for me, Lord, is 69 Camaro, Lord, blacked out, black on black, you know, murdered. That's what, Lord, that is your will for my life, right? That's what I'm praying for, God. But sometimes we'll pray for those things and God's like, well, wait a second. Is that what you need? Because if your heart is for the kingdom, I'll supply everything else. And so when we pray, God, provide what you want to me. Provide what I need to live my life. What we're really praying is, is God, give me the provision I need so that I can live the life that you need me to live. I can live the life you're asking me to live. Now, I think a 69 Camaro would be really beneficial to me in my life. But the truth is, I don't know that that really helps me fulfill God's mission and vision for who I am. <laughs> I wish it was, but I don't think it is, Right? And so sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what am I really praying about? Am I praying about things that are really weighty or important, or am I just praying a list of wishes and desires? He goes on to say in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Oh, God, that last part stings a little bit, doesn't it? Now, this is not saying... Um, this is not saying that we have to ask forgiveness, or maybe that's not the right way to put it, that we have to be saved every time we sin, okay? Uh, let me make this very clear to you, that we don't, um, I don't believe we lose our salvation when we mess up one time. So um, when you give your life to Christ, my belief is that you don't have to continue to give your life to Christ on a daily basis and go, okay, I messed up again, God, my salvation's gone, I need to pray about this thing again. Um, I believe what happens is sin will separate us from God. So even as a Christian, if we're walking in sin or if we mess up and we don't repent of sin in our lives and go, okay, God, I want to get better in this thing, what happens is it creates distance in our relationship with God. It makes relationship with him hindered, if that makes sense. It doesn't mean we lost our salvation. It doesn't mean we're going to hell. It just means our relationship with God is, is not as healthy as it could be. The, the, the line of communication is not as clear as it could be. And so what, what Jesus is saying here when he says, forgive us our debt as we also have forgiven our debtors, what he's saying here is, um, God, in the same way that we have been redeemed and forgiven and cleansed of all the really, really ungodly, unrighteous stuff we've done, let us Forgive as eagerly as we've been forgiven. Let us forgive with as much joy as we received forgiveness. Let us uh, be willing to forgive people in that same way. Because I will tell you, if our hearts are such that we won't forgive the people around us, then I, to me, that calls into question where you really stand with Christ. And I know that's a really hard statement to make, but it's true. Because I truly believe when we are bearing fruit of Christ, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to forgive. It might be hard, but God is calling us to forgive. I knew you'd like that point. I knew you'd be excited about that one. Um, but the truth is, Jesus makes it, he makes a statement, and it's really important. In fact, he doesn't just pray that prayer. He comes back in verses 14 and 15, and he reiterates, and he says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So he makes it pretty clear. Forgiving others is a really big deal. It's a really important thing in this. So he talks about our daily bread, provision for what we need. He talks about a restoration of relationship. Then in verse 13, he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Now, um, this is, can be a little confusing because you go, well, wait a second. Is God, is God the one who tempts us? And I would say, no, God doesn't tempt us. God never sends things our way to tempt us. That is not what happens. And I, in fact, I would even say, I don't think many times it's the enemy. It's Satan that tempts us. I think many times we tempt us. <laughs> we put ourselves in bad positions. We put ourselves in positions to be tempted. I, when I was a youth pastor, I don't know how many teenagers I would talk to and be like, they'd be sitting in my office going, I can't believe I messed up. And, but what happened? Well, I went out on a date with this girl, and um, we went and ate dinner, and then we went to the park at midnight and parked, and there was nobody out there, and I don't know how I messed up. I was just, the enemy's out to get me. And I was like, no, you're a teenage boy, and you are stupid. I'm like, Right? <laughs> That's godly counsel right there, girls, okay? I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm a father of two daughters, okay? So did the enemy do that? No, the enemy didn't do that. He was stupid. He put himself in a position to sin, and guess what he did, right? And what happens many times is, is we don't use wisdom in our lives, and then we get into a bad place, and we go, well, the enemy's out to get me. Well, yeah, the enemy's out to get you, but the enemy didn't take you there, cause you to make those choices, or, or cause you to look at that online, or, or connect with that old girlfriend on Facebook. The enemy didn't do any of those things. You did those things, and then you blame the enemy, right? So we lead ourselves in temptation, and then we wonder why. we. I can't believe I did that. And so God doesn't lead us in those places. So what Jesus is praying isn't that God would stop leading us into temptation, but what he's really praying is, is God, as much as you will, help us to avoid suffering in our lives that will take us to a place that we may be tempted to sin. Um, because I can tell you, there are times that I'm more prone to sin than others, that I'm more prone to mess up than others. And so I have to guard my life in those areas. I have to be careful what I do or, or where I go or who I go with, those kind of things. I've told you before, one of the ones that is a big one in our lives is I won't ride in a car with a woman by myself who's not my wife. So, um, I mean, again, I've got some funny stories that have to do with that. We don't have time to get into them. But I'm telling you, um, that's a guardrail in my life. And do you know what? Um, that, that's protected me in my life. So what happens, though, is we will walk through a season, and we'll walk through difficulty, we'll walk through suffering, and we are prone when we're hurt, when we're sick, when we're tired, to sin we're more likely to sin in those situations, in those seasons. So we have to guard ourselves. And so what Jesus is praying is, God, if you would, help us avoid some of those situations. Help us not to walk through some of that suffering. Now, suffering is going to happen in our lives. It does. Right? We've made that very clear. But Jesus' prayer is, is help, us, help, us, help us to be spared from those difficult circumstances that are going to take us to a place that it makes us more prone to sin. And see, what we have to understand, when we look at these last three petitions, um, give us this day your daily bread, right? Provide, help me have what I need to do to live the life you want me to live. Forgive us our debts, restore relationship is really what this is talking about. And then the last one, um, help us not sin. What this is saying is, is not just help us not sin because I don't want to feel bad. But what it's really saying is it's a prayer saying, God, I don't, I don't want to sin. I don't like to live that way. That's not... That's not who I want to be. So help me to avoid even situations where I might get close to sinning. Help me get so far away from sin that I can't even see it from where I'm at. Like that's my heart. That's what I'm really praying. And so that's, that's what that prayer is. And so when you look at those, all of those, all of those function to serve the first three. 
all the physical things we ask God to do in our lives should function to serve the spiritual or eternal things in our lives. That's really what this is about. And at the end of the day, no prayer, in my opinion, is more important than our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. God, let your name be glorified. Let your name be revered. Let your name be honored. Because that's why we exist. That's why we live. It is not just to breathe in and out and then someday we'll die with a pile of money. That is not what this thing is about. What this thing is all about is that every day of my life, my life can bring glory to God. That every interaction, every conversation, every relationship serves to bring glory to God. And that's what I think God wants for us. I think that's what God wants for you. But at the end of the day, I was convicted through this, this prayer and through studying this message tonight because I truly feel like sometimes I'm guilty of praying prayers that aren't weighty enough, that, that don't matter enough. I'm guilty of praying prayers that are deeply selfish at times. And when I look at the way Jesus prayed in, in this prayer, I realize that I need to focus more on what God wants and less on what I want. Let's pray together. God, I love you so much, and I'm so grateful that you would use us, that you would speak to us, that you'd allow us to hear your voice. And God, I pray that none of us in this place would walk out of here the same. Lord, I pray that none of us in this place would leave here without being impacted by you and your spirit. And God, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to be in your presence, for us to hear from you, for us to worship together. But God, I pray that we would not just leave having been entertained or having had a good time, but God, let us leave your change today. I pray that our prayer lives would be changed, Lord, that this church would be a, a hub of prayer in this area, in this region. God, let us pray prayers that really matter, that really have weight. Let us pray your heart and your values and your loves and not just the things that we love. So have your way among us. Now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Mel, um, I'm, I'm not really a Christian, but I want to be. I'm not really following Jesus. He's not really Lord of my life, but I want to make him Lord of my life. And I want to start today. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. Man, I'm tired of walking through some of the stuff I've been walking through, and I need God's help. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up real high? I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Thank you. Yeah, a couple hands up in the balcony down here on my left. Who else says, that's me, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life today. Okay. All right. This is what I'd like to do. I want every person in this place just to repeat a really simple prayer after me. So if you would, just repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin on the cross. Thank you for forgiving me when I didn't deserve it. Take my life and use it for your glory. I'm turning away from my old life and I'm turning towards you. I am yours. Thank you that you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. And listen, if you pray that prayer and you meant it, scripture tells us that the old is gone and the Behold, the new has come, and you are new. So no matter what you've gone through or been or done, Christ has made you new. And there's a, a card like this one in the seat back in front of you. There's a prayer card. On the back of that prayer card, it says Salvation Rededication. If you would fill this out, just fill this information out for it and drop it off 
in our one of our offering boxes. They're in the back of the room here by the main doors up in the balcony there. So drop this in there and we're gonna help you take the next steps. But this is the thing, uh, we've got a group called Starting Point that meets every Wednesday night. It's meeting right now, um, this Wednesday. 7 p.m., Pastor Dick leads that group. It's a great place for you to start your faith or restart your faith in your journey. So we want to encourage you to take that next step in faith and grow in your walk with Christ because he, he doesn't want you to make a decision. He wants you to be a follower and a disciple, and that's what this thing is all about. And let me ask you this uh, as well. If you're here today and you say, well, you know what, I need some help praying the right kind of prayers. I pray, man, I don't know that I really pray like you've talked about today, and I need help doing that. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. And I will tell you, I'm gonna raise my hand on this one. I've told, confessed that to you during this message. But if that's you, you say, hey, I need some prayer. I need some help in my prayer life. If that's you, just put your hand up and say, that's me, yeah. Yeah, a lot of you. All right, all right. Thank you. Let's pray together one more time. God, I thank you that you are an incredibly good God, that you are for us, that you love us, that you are personal and you care about us. And so, God, I pray that we would not neglect prayer in our lives, that we wouldn't forget how important it is to stay connected to you and anchored in you through prayer. So, God, I pray that we would not just pray selfish prayers, Lord. Let us pray big, bold, audacious prayers that matter to you, Lord. Let us pray for your kingdom to come. Lord, let us pray for your will to be done. But, Lord, let us pray that you, you would be glorified, Lord, not just in the world but through us. So, God, I pray that we would become people of prayer, that we would invite you into our lives, that, Father, we would practice your presence on a daily basis, that we would pray your heart, pray scripture, pray the way you would want us to pray. Lord, let us pray about things that really matter. God, give us your heart. Let us be your people so that we can live and be who you've called us to be. God, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing here. I'm believing that prayer is going to change everything in the lives of this church this year, that, God, you're going to do big things. And God, we're not going to settle for anything less. So God, we're believing that. We're trusting you for that. And I can't wait to see the fulfillment of those prayers in this place. God, you're a good God and we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, can we give God a round of applause for what he's done this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, this is what's going to happen now. Our team is going to lead us in one more song. As we worship together, our prayer team's available on either side of the stage. If you need prayer for any reason today, do not hesitate. We want you to take a step out as soon as the band begins to play and sing. We want you to step out, come find a prayer team member to pray with. And I want to encourage you, unless you have something urgent to, to leave for, please stay in this room just for a few minutes, and my wife will close out in just a moment. Why don't you stand your feet all over the room? Thank you again for worshiping with us today. I appreciate you being here so much. I hope that, that you've been blessed, and I hope that God blesses you this week. I tell you this regularly, but I love you guys so much, and I'm so honored that I get to be your pastor. Hope you have a great week. God bless you. Lord, teach us to look to you, a Father in heaven. God, I look to you. me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do.
your prayer this morning. To see things like you do, God, I look to you where my help comes from. Give me wisdom to know just what to do. before you're dismissed today. I'm Kim, I'm Mel's wife. Um, I'm also known as his better half. Um, but it's so good to have you here this morning. And I just wanted to remind those of you who are interested in leading a small group that we want to invite you to a meeting this Wednesday here in this room at six o'clock. And also, just to give you a heads up, our new semester of small groups and Bible studies will be starting February 21st. And, um, you know, these are really important to get you connected to other people within the church and just really help you grow in your relationship with Christ. So keep that on your radar. And then if you are a female in the room, I want to let you know about a couple of things coming up on Tuesday, January 19th at 630 we will be beginning our Propel Women group. And really what Propel is all about is celebrating 
every woman's passion, potential, and purpose. And we'll be meeting once a month. It's really designed for busy women, whether you're a college student or you're a grandmother to many. Um, this is for you. And we're going to be walking through um, this personal leadership series. And so it is absolutely free. There is a book that you can buy as well. But if you are interested in that, visit the Info Center or the bookstore. There are flyers available for you to read more about it and also to sign up. You can also visit our website at summittogether.com. And then we also have an event coming up at the end of February called If Gathering. And um, again, check out our website uh, to learn more about that. So wasn't it good to have David with in Lasse here today? Um, you know, really, when you give to the summit, you really do play a part in seeing every life made different, not only here in Indiana, but all around the world. And that's an incredible thing. So you may feel like when you give that your part doesn't do much, but when we all give, when we all work together, it's amazing how um, big of a difference we really can make. And you know, really giving is all about our hearts. It's all about saying, God, I know that you have provided my job. I know that you have given me everything that I have, and therefore I'm going to give back to you. And so let's, um, let's pray over our offering today. God, I just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives, God. You're such a good, good dad, and I just pray that when we give today, Lord, that you would bless those that give, Lord, that you would be faithful to those that are faithful. And God, that I pray that as we leave today, God, that our week would glorify and honor you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you are giving today, you can do so by check or cash and put it in the envelope in the seat back in front of you and drop it off in the boxes as you leave. You can also give online or you can text Summit PA to 77977. But we all hope you have a great day. Um, hopefully the weather won't get too yucky. And um, I guess we've been pretty spoiled with nice weather, so a little snow won't hurt us, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm from Texas, and it snowed the day after Christmas, and you would have thought my Texan family, like, it was like, everybody go look outside at the snow, and um, it melted two hours later, but we get excited about snow, but you all have a great day.